Welcome to The Correspondent. Think of this podcast as an audio journal of things loved, fears, and just everyday joys and struggles as I venture off with my business. This podcast is for the dreamers, doers, and shakers, those who know there is more to life than just a nine-to-five job, adulting, and managing routines. If you dare to explore the new and look at the world with wonder, this podcast is definitely for you. I am Evelyn Corral, your host. Let's get started. and welcome to um, this episode. We're really excited to have Omar Mena with us today. He's a photographer, but um, I'd like for him to tell us a little bit more about what he does. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my background, um, I've changed careers a few times. So for me, uh, falling into photography was almost an accident. Um, but uh, originally I started off as a pedorthist. So I would make orthotics for people from the knee down. So they're missing toes or you know diseased feet. And then um, I worked for a medical equipment company where I did the, the pedorthics through. Mm-hmm. And I did that for, for a super long time. And then I, I uh, was challenged by my son to go back to school. You know, school was so important, why did I stop? So I went back and I got my degree in education and I taught for about a year. And I was at a crux around that time if I was going to see my photography full time or if I was just gonna, you know, dive into a career in education, uh, which originally wasn't my plan, but I fell in love with it as well. So, um, you know, a little bit about my background. Um, I have three kids. Um, for me, uh, na- uh, native El Pasoan. So ultimately, you know, um, I love this city and sometimes I felt the city hasn't always loved me back, but you know, I, you make, make of it with what you can. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you went from different backgrounds in careers. You went from the medical field, then to education and then to photography. So, right. so what did you teach when you were third grade? <laughs> oh, it was such a good, uh, and, and all those kids have like long graduated, and I run into them, and uh, you know, may, who knows, maybe I'll wind up shooting one of their weddings, but uh, not for another four years, guys, but, um, or get your degree first, that's what I always pushed on them. Cool, cool, cool. So how did you know you were going to land in uh, this field of photography? I didn't. That's the craziest part. Now, um, I used to publish a magazine here, a music magazine. And I couldn't find a photographer, so I bought myself a camera and I started teaching myself, but the bare minimum so that I could consi- like consistently get some kind of footage of whatever concerts were coming. So I was writing for the newspaper. Um, they sent me to go review a George Strait concert and the photographer didn't show up. So I, you know, the promoter was like, go get your camera, I know you always have it. And I went, I shot the George Strait show, I wrote the review, and then I never got another writing assignment. I only got photography assignments. So, so that, that was uh, George Strait's responsible for this, I guess, in some kind of goofy kind of way. Mm-hmm. So how do you know, um, is this the field that you, you feel this is your calling? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I didn't, when, when, it, when it happened, um, it was actually circumstantial. So when I went back to school, uh, 
I had to do student teaching, so I couldn't work. So I left my job of like decades, and I had to, uh, you know, support my family some way. So I had been doing photography on the side for a long time, and and by almost like by not, not necessarily by choice. It was just like I had no other way to be able to work during the week, and or uh, go to school during the week, and then uh, work on the weekends. And photography, before you know it, I started getting a lot of gigs, and, and then it just kind of took off from there. And I knew that it, I didn't think it would be, I initially thought it was more of a, hey, this is something cool to do. And then the more events I started to cover, and the more uh, moments that I would see, you know, family cry over a certain picture with their grandmother, or what, whatever the case was, um, more and more it started to, solidify that I had chosen, or maybe not even chosen, but the field had chosen me. And that's where I know this is my career now. It's what I do. And I, I am grateful to my previous, you know, work experience because it's helped me, you know, I would have never known to create a purchase order as a photographer unless I worked for, you know, somebody else in the past. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that it started off as a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. And fill-ins and things like that. But how did it transition from a hobby to a full-time profession? I had um, just finished my first uh, year of teaching, and I was supplementing uh, the whatever I would get paid with the photography. And after a while, I I, uh, I had just like the dream studio become available, and so we signed on it. I didn't go back to teach. Uh, they had just offered me a seven-year contract, like. There was a, most of my family are educators, most of them, and it just made sense that I would go into that field and then before that I just wind up taking like this total, you know, 180 somewhere else and before you know it, you know, that that's where I knew pretty much, hey, this is, this is where I'm happy. I loved having that uh, community, uh, the wedding and quinceanera community and yeah, sometimes it could be just like anything disruptive you know and, and we get thrown for a curb every now and then you know the, the economy and little things like that but I, I knew that this is just what I am because I could say I'm an, a teacher and it didn't feel uh, genuine I could say I was a pedorthist it didn't feel genuine but when I say I'm a photographer I, I feel it like I right. can sit there and be like oh this is what I do this is what I love this is what I am and that's when I knew which was I would say maybe around 11 years ago that I, this is the only thing I ever want to do. Nice. Um, so now that you have this as your profession, as your business, what is the biggest day-to-day -day challenge? I think the biggest day-to-day -day challenge is to, um, for, for me personally, is to follow a schedule. And, um, you know, I, I went to a networking meeting yesterday where they said, uh, they, they gave 10 habits of millionaires and one of them was waking up three hours before you start your day and I felt very convicted by that because uh, naturally I'm a night owl so I like to stay up late and I like to sleep in and you know as um, you know having to literally write out my goals for that day or what I need to take care of that day and then tackle the hardest one first and then go down from there because by two or three o'clock your days could pretty much be over where normally it would take me six, seven yeah. o'clock at night. So my daily challenge has, b has been to remain structured. 
especially when you know I'm tired, when you know I feel like oh maybe I'll take today off, which is a benefit that you have as a business owner that sometimes you can just hey I'm gonna go to the movies, I'm gonna go back and hang out with my dogs, and but for me the daily challenge is always just to keep that schedule. And how good are you with your your setting goals? Now that you know that, do you set them on a daily basis? On a do you have a 10-year plan? How do you set your goals? I um, ultimately, I, I used to sit there and say, I need to make this much money a year. I need to book this many events a year. And then need, so ultimately, my ultimate goal is uh, to be kind, to be, uh, to not suffer. Because we could choose your suffering or not. You can't choose your pain, but you could but choose your suffering. How do you choose your suffering? Tell me, like I, to suffer or not. I, I think like, for example, um, you, social media I think is something that uh, causes a lot of people to suffer. Um, if you go against and start fighting against things that are out of your control, um, somebody walked out of your life that you were very close to and you just, why, you know why? If you just accept it, and work from that point on, you won't suffer. You you understand some people will be on your life, you know, not, not very long, or they'll be in your life just for a specific reason. And for me, um, when it came to uh, not suffering, uh, was to accept the things that are completely out of my control, you know, and, and it didn't come easy. I, I lost my son in February and- I'm sorry. Yeah, and he, you know, that was, you know, I could still be fighting it. And when I saw some people in uh, the counseling programs that they offer for that, you know, five or six years and they still hadn't stopped grieving and they still hadn't. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to suffer. I, I think I've suffered enough in my life. I want to grow. I don't think my son would have wanted that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I, I want to ultimately set my goals to be kind, to not suffer, to love myself, mm -hmm. which means to eat, walk, exercise to something we only have one body right i know i know <laughs> and uh the, the only thing i can't seem to kick is coffee and having a salt and honey right here is kind of very hard it's right? very difficult yeah but um one step at a time i guess but i think uh setting daily goals which are you know for me i have to write it out and i check off you know what i did or didn't do so that i know where i'm lacking or even to get my groceries because i i decide on what i eat that day you know, and it's not easy because it requires a lot of discipline. And to set your goals, for me, ultimately, it's like five years. I want to have, you know, my business at this point. You know, and I would like to include other businesses that I that I want to start creatively, as well. But the ultimate goal is to be kind, mm -hmm. to be, you know, not not to be suffering. You know, at least try not to. Yes. It's hard not to. You're on social media and you see all these other photographers that you know make it look like they're busy and I know better I know that they're not you know when business is slow it's usually slow for everybody so I know that you don't want to create that dream world and you know you get caught up in that so I do my best to stay away you know yeah. kind of pop in and I'll leave messenger open for clients but I I don't want anyone listening to this to suffer and I don't want to suffer myself so I do my best to stay away from it except and then we'll try to move you're in a very competitive field, Extremely, right? Very, very. So how do you differ from the rest of the photographers in the city or even in the nation? Number one, uh, I am 
a, a, like a legal business. Uh, there's a lot of people who will buy a camera or, or a really nice uh, cell phone, you know, because I know like iPhone 50 or whatever is out. They take decent enough pictures. But uh, so one is I, I am a legal entity. There's a lot of photographers that do this as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's one. Uh, the other one is education. I spend a lot of money on education. I'm constantly taking a course on something because I don't uh, believe at all that I've learned, you know, even a tenth of what I could. So constantly keeping up with trends uh, through education, you know, to me is the ultimate. So I spend about 20% of our annual gross on education. And then um, the other one is uh, where everybody's fighting for like, you know, online space, the best SEO. Competition, yeah. right? I, I make friends. Mm -hmm. So there's no, nothing beats, you know, someone's trying to get uh, business from a certain venue. Um, they'll, they could do all the social media um, gimmicks and whatever that they want, but nothing beats being friends with that owner, you know, and, and actually making a building a community where, you know, maybe not everybody's referring you at the same time, but at least one is, you know, instead of you're hoping through, you know, the social media gods that, you know, people see your pictures and fall in love and want to hire you, you know, having the re personal relationships is what sets me apart because not they'll trust when they refer send me out a client they already trust me mm -hmm. they already have a sense of who i am and that will beat any website any seo any funnel any of the marketing and advertising uh i i don't mean to call them gimmicks like i don't mean to downgrade them but nothing beats personal friendships and i think that's like the biggest separation between me and not just that, I give your money back. If you decide you don't love what I do for you, I give it back. Nobody offers that. Right. So uh, with competition, you know, sometimes when you're, you have uh, all of these photographers in the room, you can feel that energy in the room of competitiveness. Oh, sure. Right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you deal with competition? Um, when it comes to, uh, again, going back to that suffering and social media, because they come hand in hand, they really do, uh, I block my competition. And I don't focus on anything except what I'm doing. Right. Education, and then I put that those horse blinders, and I just keep focused. And then once a year, I'll go on for one day and look at everything that my competitors are doing, and then I block them again. And right. I stay focused because uh, it's very easy. You know, I've, I've helped a lot of photographers into their business now, and sometimes I see them, it seems like they're doing better than me, it seems like they're doing, and and really it is just a facade. You know, it's just a, and, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to down, down talk social media, I mean, this is where we're gonna be announcing the show. Right. But um, I do think that uh, the competitiveness for me is to not be around them. Mm -hmm. I stay away from my industry, you know, local yeah. anyway, and I make friends with the florist rather than another photographer. Though the few photographers I do help with, we help each other big time. That's you know, great, yeah. You know, if someone got hurt, I'll go in and step in if I'm free, or, you know, uh, my mother will go in, or they'll come and help me out. Like, in, in that respect, yeah, we do have a small community, but for the most part, I stay away. That's how, that's how, um, I'm able to not get caught up in the drama and 
because photographers are very petty. <laughs> How so? Tell me. They really are. It's, you know, they don't see themselves or their images as um, someone will come in and then they won't like the picture. And uh, so we have photographers that associate their art and finished products with their identity. Right. And it's tough because it's something that they're creating, right? Yeah. So they're they're perfecting it, they're putting their twist, their version of it into the picture, and then if there's a client who doesn't like it, then it's it's a part of them. Right? Yes, it gets rejected. That right? and and I think like uh, I've been doing it so long um, that I think like when it comes to rejection, been there, you know, and it, and it even at this level, uh, it still hurts sometimes because you thought you clicked with them and. They won't tell you why they didn't hire you, and then you're just like, man, I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like with a with a photographers, they they don't they can't disassociate what they do with their person. Do you? I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to. You know, uh, when it comes to like personal stuff, then I won't care. You know, I'll shoot anything. I've sh- and I have. You know, and I I have been blessed enough where I've been featured like in uh, Rolling Stone, LA Weekly. Um, wow. Uh, uh, House of Blues, I have four prints in the House of Blues. So I've had like, I have had success in that way, but when it comes to the pettiness, um, there, I had to learn hard. I had to kind of get knocked down by a couple of clients that, and then, and then some that explained. They're like, you know, we didn't feel we clicked with you, mm-hmm. so the pictures felt awkward. Mm-hmm. Or they had, just, uh, they had just fought. So I've learned to be the psychologist when I tell them, I'm like, I go, hey, uh, what's going on? Let's, you know, that way I can kind of help diffuse the situation. I could pull from them. So know. it's kind of like you have to establish a relationship with your client. Absolutely. Prior to a photo session. Yes, it's like, hey, we need to, what's up? How are you doing? To just warm up the, the situation and then take the photography. Yes, because uh, I think uh, there's a, a really amazing book called The Starbucks Experience. And uh, they talk about how... Uh, the experience of walking into the coffee shop, the smells, the sounds, uh, bring people a certain dopamine. Yeah. You know, because they're they're intentionally want you to get hooked on that coffee. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, uh, they they train the baristas to know your um, your drink, and and you learn your name. So they'll be like, hey, uh, Mr. Mena, same the usual. Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's take care of Mr. Mena. Or or they might even they see you in the parking lot. They might start working on it and have it ready for. So um, having that kind of uh, experience, you know, because I've, I've had brides come into me crying. One was like, uh, my mother-in-law said that she's going to be in the middle of me and my groom for, for all the pictures. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, thank you for telling me. I got this. And when the day came around, you know, I'm like, mom, go get me aunts, uncles, godfathers, whatever. Oh, we'll be man. right here. And I put them together, <laughs> take the picture, and I put mom on the side. And Mom was super happy. I'm not going to ever be rude to anybody, but I did take control, you know, and I think like uh, giving the client the experience, a good experience with me, rates higher than my quality of work or even products because they, uh, you build the trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have the sale. Absolutely. You know, so for for me, that's where I think uh, the experience of learning how to make them happy in that route and then turning in a solid product is a winning combination. 
Um, you said a little bit about trends in photography. What are some trends that, that you're focusing on right now? Um, I think uh, I want to go back a little bit more classic when it comes to um, photography, like the 1920s era kind of. And that's my favorite. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I, I, I see that there's a lot of people that, uh, that, like a trend happened about six or seven years ago where everything was super bright, airy. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not saying that because I do shoot in that style too, but um, w more and more I keep seeing more of like, uh, I want a big picture of a ballroom with them dancing just the the art something. deco, right? Yes. Things that are never going to go out of style. Ever. You know, right? so like you, you see Audrey Hepburn or you see exactly. Marilyn Monroe. You, you have some icons, Coca-Cola, things that are never going to go out of style because they're classic. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that, because um, I, I don't know if uh, using the word vintage is uh, too vague, but I do want to show like an empowerment, you know, like a, where, I, where I have women who maybe... Um, aren't 100% uh, about their looks or their body, where I could give them that empowerment to look gorgeous and powerful in their wedding dress. Mm -hmm. You know, make them love that picture because of, you know, maybe even having just a little talk with them before and saying, all right, your, your feature is your eyes. So mm -hmm. I really want to capture those and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I light them, you know, in the, the old vintage-y kind of way. And, um, that way that they get to see themselves uh, in a different scope, you know, and one, one that is uh, positive, that is healthy, and super encouraging, mm -hmm. you know, because I want, I, I mean, I've, I've shot brides of all different shapes and sizes, and I think they all came out gorgeous in those pictures, yes. just because of, I'm celebrating them, celebrating that day, yes. that moment in time. So you shoot weddings. What other uh, types of photo shoots have you done lately? Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of commercial and a lot of business-to-business, -business. so uh, construction uh, websites, uh, or construction companies will hire me to kind of give updates on for their, their status on their, uh, on their projects. And then also, um, uh, I've been doing a lot of like headshots. Um, uh, I've always, when I get, especially when I get in a rut, I shoot concerts. Mm -hmm. That's how I got my start, and I always go back to that. So I feel like... I feel like I'm doing the same posing, I'm doing the same everything, I'll go shoot a show, because it puts you in the, you have three songs to capture the, whatever it is you're gonna capture, and the worst lighting conditions, the worst everything, and then they're, you're thrown out, and you have to capture it and you come back, and then you know whoever you're shooting for wants perfection, and you know, they want uh, Annie uh, Libowitz uh, uh, type of photography, and you may not get that, but you're put in a situation where you're just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna run with it, you know, and you wind up getting some gorgeous imagery, and then you come back to your weddings where you control the, the lighting, you control all that, and it gives you more, um, it kind of pumps new blood into me. Yeah. You know, so concerts I'm always shooting, and but the more, like we even did a shoot here at Working Capital with the girls, and you know, they looked amazing, uh, I, I saw those pictures. They, they were amazing. The, the building looked great. I mean, the building's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. uh, Chris really did an amazing job. And, uh, and him and his crew, like, even just, like, sitting in this room, like, it just feels like a, we're in a high-end radio station. And, <laughs> you know, I love it. I yes. Love it. 
I, I agree. It's just a, a really great space, and um, it just you know makes you motivates you to want to work and, and do your best. You have sunshine, and a lot of us uh, we need fifteen minutes of sunshine a day, and we can just sit here by the bar and get our fifteen minutes. And it's an open space, and everybody's respectful. It's a great energy here. So yeah, I feel blessed to be part of it. So do I. I agree. So I wanted to ask you. It, right now, we have a lot of uh, social media, of course, but um, Instagram is a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is all about pictures. So what advice, if you're giving uh, the listeners advice on taking pictures or great pictures with your phone, what would be some of the advice you would give them? Phones, sometimes I think, could be like the bane of a photographer's existence. <laughs> Cause, uh, but if you saw when you were sitting up, I took a picture with my phone. I didn't go grab my you camera. Share it with me. Yes, yeah, I absolutely. I'd like, like to share it in my Instagram. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I think when it comes to um, like my advice, um, so I studied with one of the greatest photographers in the U.S. He did the Kardashians wedding. Like, like this guy is huge. What is his name? Um, I just went blank. Uh, if uh, it comes, you'll let us Clay Blackmore. And uh, Clay's phenomenal. He is an ADHD guy, like super hyper and super everything. <laughs> and he's got nonstop ideas. And um, one of the things that he taught, and this is like a huge secret that I'm revealing in photography. Yeah. So, and it's super simple. Mm -hmm. When anybody looks at a picture, they think of two things. My expression and do I look fat? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the, the simplest so one of the things that he told or shared with me was um, look for the expression. And if not, learn how to get it. So sometimes I prompt people. Uh, I've had grooms that are very serious during engagement sessions. So I'll tell the, the bride, I'm like, hey, uh, on the count of three, um, pitch his butt. He's not expecting <laughs> it, you know? So, yes. so it's like they're, they're holding there and he's real serious. And I'm like, all right, one, two, three, boom. You get the expression, I got, I got my <laughs> shot. So, we, I, I encourage them the, uh, for the expression. I've learned millions of ways to prompt them to get that. Mm -hmm. So that's one, is uh, yes. your expression. And uh, the other one is, um, and, and, it, and it's not to shame anybody because that's not true, but most of my, pic my most successful selling pictures have never been uh, of the body. Mm -hmm. They've always been from like the chest up. And so when it comes to uh, folks, if they want to show off their body, by all means, I want to encourage them. And, and it doesn't matter what shape or size. Like, if you're proud of it, you yes. know, do it. <laughs> Flaunt it, right? Flaunt it, if right. If you got it. <laughs> but, but as a photographer, um, I tend to not shoot the body. Mm -hmm. I want the expression, and I want them to feel safe. So I generally tend to not shoot the body, especially if I... If in the pre-interview with them. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily such a formal pre-interview, but just talking to them. You find out what they're uh, insecure about. Yeah. You know, and, and I have some brides that are like, hey, you know, um, I've got great legs. I want you, I want my legs to come out in the pictures. <laughs> and they're like, okay, that's not a problem. And so for me, it's like, if, if you're taking those pictures, uh, mindful of the expression. Uh, so don't, don't do the say cheese. Just be like, hey, uh, if, you, if you know that this person uh, loves uh, that Hemsworth, the Thor guy, you're mm -hmm. like, hey, Thor's standing behind me. He's got, you know, he's ready to take you out on a date. And you see, <laughs> you're giggling. I got your shot. Boom, I got your shot. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, 
so focus on, on the expression, and if you're genuinely self-conscious about that, just shoot, for, oops, shoot from uh, the chest up. Yes. And I know that sounds uh, awkward that that's such a big secret, but you'd be surprised how many photographers miss that entirely, mm -hmm. you know, because they didn't get that great shot. They didn't get that. And then they wonder why the client's upset, you mm -hmm. know. No, no, you're, you're right. So uh, where can we find you, Omar? Um, okay, so I did talk, uh, I didn't mean to talk badly about social media. It's been good to me. Uh, so you could find me, uh, my website is elpasoweddingphotographer.net. So um, that's the website, and then you could find me on uh, Facebook, of course, uh, uh, under Omar Mena Photography. Mm -hmm. And um, you could find me on Google uh, under Mena Photography. And uh, Instagram, which we're focused on this, uh, it's a wedding photog is the handle. And then um, Twitter is Texas Wedding Photog. Awesome. And and I'm relatively active. Um, my biggest uh, attraction is always going to be uh, when I collaborate with somebody. So I would get actually more feedback when I collaborate with you than I would on my own. So this is really cool, and I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being with us. But there's one more question that I'd like to ask. Of is, course. Is there anything you would like to share with the audience today? Yes. Um, Right now, uh, a lot of uh, January and February are what I call harvest. So most people got the holidays out of the way, they got engaged, now they're serious about planning for the wedding or planning the quinceanera yeah. or planning. So like, all right, we got the holidays out of the way, now let's focus on this. So as they're interviewing photographers, uh, they need to make sure of a couple of things as they do it. Um, one, that the work that they're showing is actually the person that's going. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of studios who will show you the main photographer's work, but then they'll send out whatever stringer is available because they'll book like, you know, 10 weddings in one day. Mm -hmm. The thought of that just, it just creeps me out. It makes me blanch because I couldn't imagine handling that many. And then just sending whoever. So you want to make sure that they're, whoever you're booking, they're actually showing the work of the person that's going to go. Right. You know, and then that you're aware that sometimes they send other people. Uh, the other one is uh, you want to work with someone who loves what they do. You can't hide that. You can't mask that. Like you, you feel that they're genuine or they're not. Yes. And you want to work with someone that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, because um, number one, uh, uh, not just that you'll get the hundred percent. You'll feel them being genuine. You'll know that they'll they're working towards your best interest. And then um, the biggest one, if what happens if you know the you don't like the work that they turned in for you, uh, you want to make sure that you fight. You have somebody that will give you your money back. Mm -hmm. I just made a lot of enemies by saying that to a lot of photographers. <laughs> they're like, "What do you mean, give the money back?" And I'm like, "Hey, you want to be taken seriously as a business? You have to act like one. What do you do when you know you get that ugly sweater on Christmas?" You return it on the 26th. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do that, and uh, sometimes it doesn't work out. And, you know, I, I would really hope that um, nobody takes advantage of anyone that way. But at the same time, I know that I've, I've never given a refund. So I put everything I got into it. Yes. You know, and I think that that's once you feel that you got somebody that will do that for you, you found not just the, the right photographer for your wedding or cancer or any special moment, 
you find somebody that will be there for you for life. And because uh, I like for me, I've had the pleasure of doing the gainsa, the wedding, uh, the high school pictures in between, the college graduation, and like for to have that kind of scope. I think I feel very blessed for that. But at the same time, I think that's the goal of a good photographer, you know, because I, I want, uh, you know, we've suffered some black eyes in the, in the past from people that didn't turn in, uh, didn't turn in pictures or didn't show up. And I think, you know, we want to be genuine craftsmen, uh, yes. photographers. We want to give our 100. Absolutely. Well, Omar, thank you so much for oh, being with you. us today. And uh, it was a pleasure just getting to learn your personal why and why you do photography. Thank you so much. Some takeaways. You can find your calling at any point in your life. Wake up early. Set goals and remain structured. Be emotionally intelligent. Never stop learning to stay on top of your game. Build trust with your clients. Stay in your lane, stay focused, and continue to learn. Establish a relationship of trust with your clients. If you don't have trust, you won't make the sale. And when taking pictures, focus on the expression. Thank you for listening.